It's time for JT the Brick. So we are open for business again, everybody. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. JT the Brick. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. What a day. What a glorious day. Look at the weather. Raider Nation, unite. JT with you. As we got a big show lined up, we welcome F1 to Vegas. Golden Knights three in a row. Uh, Raiders coming off the owners meeting and a successful run there. And the Final Four. Final Four coming up this weekend. I mean, it's just a great time to be in Vegas, everybody. What a glorious time to be in Las Vegas. And for everybody outside the market streaming our show, thank you for the success of the stream. If we didn't have the stream, I'd pull my hair out what's left every day. Wondering what to do, but I know there are Raider fans listening in London live, Fort Lauderdale live, Oakland, Los Angeles, Phoenix, my son, in Oklahoma, in Norman, I know we have a national Raiders show here, which is all we asked for. In the history of the Raiders, they never really had a great flagship since the Ticket 1050 back in the day, which was the little guy to KMBR back in the day. And they tried and they tried and they tried. But we finally have something that is our own as a partner with the Raiders here in Lotus Broadcasting. And it's year-round, year-round for all Raider fans to have a home. Take advantage of the format. There are going to be some bigger days, some quieter days. There going to be days with no news, speculation, and all of that. And what I try to do longer I've been doing this is try to keep kind of a steady flow. Don't do a lot of poll question garbage, and I'm not here to ask you who's your favorite cornerback all time. I don't, need, I don't have time to do that. i got to do a fast-paced show. When there's Raiders breaking news, we lead with it. When there's Raiders big news, we lead with it. And most importantly, when we have Raider guests, including tomorrow Mike Ciani. We had Raymond Chester on this week. I mean, this whole week has been really busy with our Raider alumni as we're building up to the draft. And as we sit here the last day of March, March 31st, April, our focus here is the NFL draft. Because as you saw last night with the announcement of F1 and how important that is, and it's, it's really big, really, really big, F1, and what's going to happen here with the race in November – of 2023 the draft is more important the draft is more important because of the economic impact and what has to happen here within the next 28 29 days to make sure that the nfl looks at vegas and says man oh my god let's do everything there let's cut to the chase let's do everything in vegas people want to be in vegas it's an adult community there's gambling there's swimming pools there's nightclubs There's five-star restaurants. Why are we going anywhere else other than Vegas? And I think this is a topic that is building steam now as you look at more and more growth here in Vegas. Well, we really got to hit a home run with this draft. It's important. The numbers are really important here because everybody exaggerates about numbers. I went to the Metallica concert. I was sitting in an area suite, and I looked down, and I looked at my buddy, and I said, that's the largest crowd I've ever seen on the floor. Since I went to the Grateful Dead in like 1989, I went to a dead show that had like 80,000 people in the lower area or 70,000, it felt like, at a stadium. It was that packed in. I looked at Metallica and I said, you can't do this at T-Mobile. You can't do this at the Thomas and Mac. 
you can only do it at a festival grounds or, or a Legion Stadium. And, and I look at these soccer games that are coming here, and I look at the fights that haven't really happened yet, but the fights, because boxing's big if you get the right fighter and what could happen at a Legion Stadium. And it's now a race to book all these great events. Wait till the sphere opens, and Elton John and Billy Joel are the residency over at the sphere along with other bands. And you're looking around on like a Friday night and going, oh, my God, what concert am I going to go to? There's six in town tonight. This is what's changed since I moved here in 1996 after winning the Jim Rome smack-off to do midnight to 5 a.m. with Bobby and co-host the Pete Rose Show. There was nothing. Literally, there was nothing. I was doing the show in the MGM Grand Sportsbook. There was nothing going on here other than UNLV basketball, which was big, obviously big, and we've always, we've always talked about that. But I, I think about what it was like in the mid to late 90s and what Vegas looks like in 2022, and to be on the radio uninterrupted, it's a blessing. So I'm thrilled about what we got lined up today. Johnny Katz will join us, our entertainment insider, the big one in town on the Grammys. The Grammys are here on Sunday. The Grammys. Okay, we're not talking about the American Music Awards. We're talking about the Grammys after the death of Taylor Hawkins. Foo Fighters, what's the rumors about Foo Fighters potentially opening the show? With Dave Grohl as a tribute. A lot going on there, plus the F1 news last night. I got a really good F1 interview because on my national show on Sirius XM, we had a secret all week, sworn to secrecy, that F1, and a lot of people knew the story broke yesterday. A couple of people had it. That F1 was going to have their announcement, and we had a live guest on my show last night at 9.30, an expert on this. I'll replay that later on in the show so you can hear about the magnitude of Formula One coming to Vegas. Also, T.J. Reeves joined me. I'm going to play a portion of that interview later. He's the Buccaneer sideline reporter. We've been friends for a long time. He had great information on Bruce Arian stepping down. So the monologue's brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town. I will be at the SG Bar tomorrow. Tomorrow's first Friday. Ashley will join us from Sam and Ash tomorrow. Uh, a good opportunity if you want to head downtown to the Arts District tomorrow, first Friday. With this weather, that'll be great. Head on out to a PT's as the Golden Knights have won three in a row. And they're up there in Seattle for another one. So hopefully something something big could happen here. And they get the wake-up call. And they get rolling. And also March Madness. A little bit behind the glass. I will never do March Madness again. Like I did this year. It's, It's falling apart. No one cares. No one cares. I haven't taken a call on March Madness all week. Not one. No one. I, I mean, this is a sport that's getting driven off the radio. So I'm going to try today and tomorrow maybe to take your March Madness call. But I promise you, next year I will not do this again. I won't because there won't be Coach K next year in Kansas and North Carolina and Villanova. So why am I going to put all this energy into the Final Four if no one gives a crap? Everybody gives a crap about the opening round. I mean, this sport is getting pushed off the radio other than a gambling perspective. So Aaron Torres is going to join me tomorrow. I'm going to try to get it going one last time. But I'd rather talk about the Raiders and the Vegas Golden Knights here as we open up the show. All right, here's what I want to talk about, the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians stepping down. I have a really good source in Tampa. Very good because I broke the story, nationally me, that Gronk was coming back. I have a source in the building, outside the building. I knew Gronk was there. He was there for a wrestling event. I think it was WrestleMania 
He went in the building. I broke the story, and I got credit for that. I also broke the story that Antonio Brown was going to the Buccaneers from the same source. So my guy, who shall remain nameless, the journalist of the world say you need two sources to make it legit. And I'm not a journalist. I'm just a bloviator on the radio. But the same guy told me that there is so much more to this story. The inside scoop is that while Bruce Arians was rehabbing his Achilles, Brady and Byron Lepwich would work hours on the game plan. And Arians at times didn't like it. And Brady at times stuck to that game plan. Didn't work as well as Lepwich. This to me from one of my sources, was a power play with inside the Buccaneers organization to move off of Bruce Arians by Tom Brady. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm the word of God here. I could be wrong, but the guy that I used down there has been really good. And as we look at this, this became a power play with Brady just like it did with Belichick. Belichick thought, you know, eventually he could win without Brady. Brady didn't like what was happening with Belichick, didn't love it, at the end, it was just too strict and stringent, and he wanted to enjoy his life. Wanted to go hang out in Florida, and he picked the team to go down there with, and Bruce Arians and Brady pretty much got along. But instantly, Bruce Arians called out Brady in year one, the Super Bowl year, called him out, and went after him after an early loss to New Orleans, and that stayed with Brady the entire time. Also, it's been rumored before that Brady did not like how loose the Buccaneers were the second half of the year. And, and how could he? Because Brady has won Super Bowls before and defended the title. The Buccaneers have not. So usually when a team wins a Super Bowl, there's what's called the Super Bowl hangover. Where the next year, everyone's getting paid, everyone's going to parties, everyone's VIP, and you're just not as good. And Brady didn't like that the last month of the season, and he was uptight about it. And the team did not match his intensity level. And that's been said and insinuated by a couple of people. But from what I'm hearing on this deal now with Tom Brady, who sat in the front row today, by the way, sat in the front row as Bruce Arian said goodbye and he's moving upstairs, is that Brady's playing the part. He's going out of his way. Went on Instagram first to say how much he loved Bruce. He even put three heart emojis in his Instagram a love to Bruce, and he sat in the front row today. Okay, if you thought that the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock was fake in a conspiracy theory, I got one for you here. If this thing blows up and the story comes out that in Tampa they were trying to force Bruce upstairs or out of the building so Tom could get to work with Byron Lefwich and take his game to the next level and stay for multiple years, you'll remember where you heard it here. You'll remember what I'm saying here today. So this could be one of two things. A, I'm wrong. I, don't, I have no problem being wrong. A, I'm wrong on this, and Tom loves Bruce, and Bruce loves Tom. And all of a sudden, miraculously, Bruce, who all he has to do is win one more Super Bowl ring, and he goes to the Hall of Fame. Miraculously, he steps down, and he's not ill. He's not sick. He's not burnt out. He just automatically steps down, and Todd Bowles gets the job. Okay, if you believe that, if you're going to believe that, stay with that. But keep the door open down the road for another side of the story. Because in sports, everything leaks. The truth always comes out in sports and in Hollywood. And usually in politics. 
politics that could take decades. We're still examining. I'm watching documentaries on the Kennedy assassination. We are still examining that in depth. There's like 13 documentaries on Amazon and Netflix on the Kennedy assassination. All these years later, people are just fascinated by that. When it comes to sports, there have been cover-ups before, right? Oh, let me tie it into Spygate and Deflategate. Remember how Tom Brady, Spygate and Deflategate said, nah, I didn't do anything wrong. What? What do you mean you didn't do anything wrong? You just went to federal court in New York and lost. You got suspended for four games. Only quarterback in Hall of Fame history with a gold jacket to be suspended four games in the prime of his career. You didn't think he did anything wrong. Didn't want to turn over his phone. Didn't want to do this or that. Deflategate. Spygate. Oh, nothing there, right? Okay. Not the end of the world stuff. It's not Ukraine. It's just sports. And the same thing with Tom today and Bruce Arians. But the timeline should have every Raider fan. Why is this a Raider topic? Well, the Bucks beat the Raiders in Super Bowl 37. Tom Brady was a part of something called the Tuck Rule. Most Raider Nation that I know despises a lot of New England over those years, even though we're welcoming to Dave Ziegler and, of course, Josh McDaniels and all the new coaches and the players. But there's a little bit of a rivalry with Raider Nation and the Patriots. But just don't believe everything you're seeing. This has been a fascinating week for me because Sunday night I was on the air live during the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock. And everybody started saying, oh, that's fake. That's fake. No, it wasn't. It was a real. He could have punched him, knocked him out. He slapped him. Chris Rock took the heat. Last night, Chris opened up his show in Boston to a three-minute standing ovation as Will Smith now might get kicked out by the Academy, will not be allowed to come to an Academy Awards the rest of his life. That could happen there. And then at the end of the week, I'm looking at this story that just doesn't seem right with Bruce Arians. 25 years on the radio of me talking about cover-ups and stories and people covering up for someone else, this to me looks like a cover-up. And if you listen to me and respect the show, you know I'm not that guy. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. When Raider fans call me about the immaculate reception, deception, the tuck rule, whatever it is, I'm not this conspiracy theory guy, but I listen to everyone. This one stinks. Something doesn't add up. And from what my source is telling me down in Tampa, all you got to do is follow the timeline. Brady met with the team owner in an exclusive resort in Costa Rica right after the retirement. And then on top of that, he met with the owner in London. Why do you think Tom Brady met with the Glazer family in two international spots and decided to come back? You don't believe that the discussion had anything to do with the coach? When he's meeting with the owner, Tom Brady has won this battle. This battle was for Brady to enjoy the rest of his life, take football very seriously, win another championship, and to do it without Bruce Arians being in his ear, at times yelling at him, at times calling him out in the media. And today was just a love fest. Oh, everybody loves Bruce. I like Bruce. He likes a cocktail, likes a cigar. Sounds like me. But again, Tom Brady's in charge. Let me leave you on this before we play some sound. Is there anybody on God's green earth that doesn't think Brady runs the entire Buccaneer organization? Everything. He's in charge. He's got more power than the GM. He's got more power than the head coach. 
especially now. Who do you think has more power, Brady or Todd Bowles? Give me a break. Brady goes out and signs the free agents. He says, yes, no, no, no. Oh, Antonio Brown? Oh, that low life? Yeah, I'll give him a chance because he can catch the ball. Let's bring him in. It's all Brady. It's the exact same thing that I study every day with the Lakers. LeBron James, he's in charge of everything. You think Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss wanted to bring in Carmelo Anthony? No, it was LeBron saying, let's go make that move. So all of this combined is very obvious to me that Brady won the most recent power struggle. He did not win the power struggle with Belichick. Brady left Belichick. Great news for him. Won and Belichick didn't. And Brady's got more power. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest player of all time. We also, to put an explanation point on this, watch the power play of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He also won the power play. He, he got the biggest contract for a quarterback. He got the backup quarterback to sit on the bench and shut up and never play again. And his ego is completely out of control. Aaron Rodgers has a bigger ego than even Tom Brady, if you would believe that. So I believe, and you should be able to jump in on this topic, it's a big one as we open up the show, that does this pass the smell test to you as a Raider fan? As a Raider fan who grew up under Al Davis, who, who know the history of the Raiders in the Hall of Fame, know the history of Brady and his transgressions, if you're a Raider fan, do you agree with me that this doesn't pass the smell test? Something here doesn't add up, and there's no way that Bruce Arians just said, yeah, man, pour me a cocktail, light my cigar, I just want to go upstairs. And I want to take a pay cut and go upstairs and be what? A consultant? If Bruce Arians wins the Super Bowl this year, he goes into the Hall of Fame in Canton with Tom Flores, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Cower, Marv Levy, George Allen, all the legends. And you think he walked away from a Hall of Fame legacy with the greatest quarterback of all time? in a team that has short odds to win the Super Bowl, and you think he just took the elevator to the third floor of one buck's place, he's going to sit in an office? You've lost your mind. This is a big story. It's all going to come out in the laundry. We're all going to see it two or three weeks from now or two or three months from now because you're smarter than that. You're much smarter than that. You're not looking at this saying, oh, my God, plus it's a love fest. On top of it, the really big smoke signal to me is how everybody's just hugging each other, saying, great, the league's having problems. They can't get enough African-American minority head coaches. Boom. Todd Bowles, you get one. You're going to go up there. He's never won. Uh, Bruce wants to take care of him. That is worthy. I believe that. I think Bruce Arians had a lot to say that Todd Bowles gets my job. If you're either forcing me out or you want me to do something, let's get it to Todd. I think that's true. But I believe that Brady is doing a light push here. And I believe that the Glazer family in Tampa said, Tom, whatever the hell you want, whatever you and Giselle want, whatever you want to do going forward, we'll make it work. And I think a lot of it had to do with Brady wanting Byron Leftwich as the play caller, kind of his head coach in the building, not Bruce. And Tom wants to button this up. He wants to tighten it up and button it up. That doesn't mean Bruce Arians isn't a great coach. Look at him on Wikipedia. The guy's coached everywhere. He's been a multiple coach of the year. He mentored Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and he won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. His legacy 
is almost complete. And then he walks away on a Thursday with a team that can win the Super Bowl? If that isn't alarming to you, I don't know what it is. So, again, that's all I got today. I don't got some fake Raider topic or, you know, who's going to compete for the third cornerback position. Not here. This is a big national topic, and I can tie it into the Raiders, can tie it into the Patriots and Tom Brady, and I'd love to get your opinion on what's happening here. If you agree with me or disagree with me, 702-365-9200 as we open up the show and get rolling here. Now, let's start with Bruce Arians. He had the press conference today. And again, it was a great press conference. There was a lot of laughter, a lot of smiles. Here's the former head coach of the Bucks. Players. You know, every day, um, cussing them out and hug them later, you know. That's just been who I have been forever. And uh, uh, that's what I'm, I'm excited about because I'm not walking away from that. I get to keep that part. And uh, I can walk through the locker room right now and it won't be the police, you know. Uh, the guys are back there laughing, but I walked through anyway. So it, uh, I'm looking forward to that part of it. That's interesting to me. He's the head coach of the team, and now he's telling everybody that when he shows up in the locker room unannounced, he's not a bad guy. You had to explain that today. Like, he's got a new job, but he's going to come into the locker room and be one of the guys again. Again, I just don't like the way this is framing. It just doesn't seem right to me. More from Bruce Arians on the players, even Brady, that from time to time he had to get in their face to make them better. Get your ass on the golf course, man. I'm getting broke. Uh, no, we have a great relationship. I mean, uh, all the players who are there, are a few in here. Every one of them's gotten cussed out, uh, including him. So that's just part of me, you know. So uh, that, that's nothing new. But we have a great relationship. I mean, as soon as he retired, I think we text every week. Hey, where are you at? What are you doing? When are you going to play golf? Uh, when are you getting back down this way? And uh, so <laughs> people got it right. I mean, and uh, it couldn't be further from the truth. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Bruce Arians at his goodbye press conference saying, no, 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 what you don't believe couldn't be farther from the truth. He's, he's kind of explaining what we think is happening, and he had to clean it up at the press conference. He just said that at the end, not me. Couldn't be farther from the truth. That's an interesting use of words. So I find this fascinating. I mean, really fascinating. I hope you do. Maybe it's not as important to you as F1 or UNLV or whatever you want to talk about today. But I think this is a massive story. And it was a massive story for me last night. Here's Todd Bowles, who gets an opportunity of a lifetime. He doesn't have to go back and take over a really bad team that's coming off three or four wins and potentially get fired again. He takes over the Buccaneers. I may not be the coolest guy he'll ever meet, but I'm pretty damn chilled myself. So. <laughs> but... You know, I'll take that, and Bruce will always be the coolest. So I'll, I'll go over to the chill category, and I'll try to start something there. All right, so the number is 702-365-9200. Here's what I'm thinking today. Just tell me what you think of this big national story on an NFL flagship. There's only 32 NFL flagships out there. This is big boy radio and what you do on an NFL flagship on a quiet day with the team. It's a big topic. Raider fans have an opinion on this. I'd like to know what Raider Nation thinks on this. Do you smell a rat? Does this go back to Tom Brady? Do you see something happening here? Or am I making a mountain out of a molehill and it's no big deal? 702-365-9200. TJ Reeves, my conversation with him coming up, which was good. Also, Chris Medlin 
who's an F1 insider on the event that happened. Uh, real quick on F1. The F1 story is global. It's very big. It's a massive story. And I'm not a huge F1 fan, but I'll be talking this up over the next year. And this is a classic bandwagon topic. And bandwagons from time to time are okay if you're brand new. So if you're an inaugural hockey team coming to Vegas to Golden Knights and the bandwagon gets big, that's great. It's an inaugural team, the brand new team. You can get behind it. There's not a lot of Raider bandwagon fans, as you know. That's what's great about working for the Raiders and being on this platform is that Denver fans and Charger fans don't want to be Raider fans, nor do we want them. We don't want a bandwagon. But the F1 stuff that's coming up is a really big topic to me because we're going to have about a year, well over a year, to prepare for what could be one of the biggest Mount Rushmore events along with the Super Bowl. So we're going to have F1 in 2023, and then the Super Bowl is going to follow that in February. Can you imagine what the drone footage is going to look like along with everything that we capture for the NFL draft that's coming up here in a month? All of that together and how Vegas is going to look around the world. It's a great time to be in Vegas. It's a great time to have people with opinions. I want your opinions on the two topics. If you're into F1 and you were at this event last night or you were covering the story or looking at the story, tell us about it. How happy are you that Formula One is coming to Vegas and it's going to be huge to have Lewis Hamilton and everyone around here uh, talking up Vegas, and we can all benefit from that. 702-365-9200. Brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. When I'm talking F1 on the weekend, it's with the Remy Martin cocktail in hand. Think of all the great sponsors that are going to be here, from Rolex to Le Mans, everybody who's going to be in Vegas a year from now and lining up to do business with this sport and Sin City as we get ready to go. When we come back, my conversation with the Buck sideline guy, T.J. Reeves, Johnny Katz, will join us live, our entertainment reporter. Uh, more news on the Raiders. Is there one or two free agents where the price is dropping so dramatically the Raiders have no choice to get in? We'll talk about the couple players that are left that can fit the system. JT, Raider Nation Radio begins. Sound off like you got a pair, will you? If he doesn't get it, it's a travesty. I mean, most completions ever, 5,000 yards, touchdowns, the whole, the whole nine yards. I mean, to me, it's not even a, it's not even a close race. Bruce Arians, who stepped down, he's no longer the head coach. He'll be a consultant for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and football operations. JT, back with you. Do you buy into this, or do you think there's something else going on, like a podcast mystery series, 702-365-9200, on this big NFL topic today as Todd Bowles will take over? The other big breaking news story that just went down, Bobby Wagner has agreed to terms, and he will go to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this is kind of a monster deal. Uh, the money, as I dive into the money there, a lot of this money, we'll see. It said it could be anywhere from $50 million to $65 million over five years. When we get more of the detail on the money coming in, Adam Schefter reporting, former Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner signing a five-year, $50 million deal worth up to $65 million. Wagner is staying in the NFC West. 
which is interesting to me because normally you want a guy out of that. You want a guy out of your division, and look what the Seahawks got for him. Nothing. And he's a future Hall of Famer. So I don't think this was handled well by Seattle. At times, this guy could have been a lifer. Could have played with the organization his entire life. And Seattle is sitting here really with not a lot in return. And if you look at what the Rams are going to get, I think a lot of Raider fans should react to this story too because he would be a great fit for the Raiders. Bobby Wagner is better than anyone on the Raider defense other than Chandler Jones. Max Crosby's still developing. He's a great player. Massive Mad Max fan, as you know, and friend. But Wagner's going, is going to get a gold jacket. And the only guy on the Raiders who has an opportunity to do that on the defensive side is Chandler Jones at this point. And could the Raiders have gotten him at a cheaper price? Uh, we didn't get any sense that the Raiders were in the market for Bobby Wagner. And it probably has to do with a lot of things. Is that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels evaluating him? Uh, don't think they need to spend that type of money on that position. But still, I think most people would say probably the biggest void with the Raiders in almost 20 years have been the linebacker position. There's been good linebackers. Kirk Morrison, friend of the show, Greg Beekert. We have Greg on from time to time. But I'm talking about the Raiders going out and getting a player that can change a game. Change a game. Khalil Mack was an undersized edge rusher. I call him an edge rusher, not a linebacker. He's an edge rusher. But for the Raiders not to be in the hunt with Bobby Wagner, it's interesting. They're not in the hunt with everybody as of now as I take a look at who's still available. Stephon Gilmore, the honey badger. Prices are dropping. And again, I don't know where the funny money is on this deal. I don't know how much he's getting as a signing bonus. That hasn't been reported yet. But Bobby Wagner with the Rams. And considering the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champs, and in California, it, it, a lot of your money goes away. You've got to pay your agent. You've got to pay state taxes, federal taxes, sales tax. Real estate's enormous. So Bobby Wagner wants to buy a house. It's going to be more overpriced than anywhere in the world. You know, these are the guys that you want to see come to Vegas for a little less money. But he's not a Raider. He's going to be a Ram. And the Rams look like they're reloading with Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner and the players they had. They lose Von Miller, but they sign Matthew Stafford and give him a, a nice kick. So he's getting a contract extension for three more years. The Rams look like they're in place to go on a big run for a long period of time. And could that have anything to do with Tom Brady and what he wants to do with the Buccaneers going forward? Speaking of the Buccaneers, on late last night, T.J. Reeves, the Bucks sideline guy, joined me with the breaking news. And I asked him if he was in the know. He was shocked by this. Here's T.J. Reeves. Well, it definitely was a surprise. You know this because you were, you were with me on social media. I'm minding my own business, Mr. Brick, at the New York Yankee spring training game in Tampa at George M. Steinbrenner Field. I'm sitting down the third baseline with my father, and suddenly a little after 8 Eastern time, my phone starts to go crazy because the word has gotten out. And uh, needless to say, there's been a lot of different twists to this here over the last couple of hours, but the bottom line is Bruce Arians has decided to step away, take a different role in the front office, and Todd Bowles has now been given the reins to the uh, the most successful two-year run that the Buccaneers have ever had, and with Tom Brady back at quarterback, and has been given now, if you don't know this, a new five-year contract to be the Buccaneer head coach, all of that coming down here in the last little while. So w what a story. I'm just trying to have a quiet Wednesday night with my father before I head to New Orleans for the Final Four and stuff that I'm doing. 
And, and breaking news uh, doesn't wait for anybody, does it, Mr. Brick? No, and let's get the conspiracy theories away because you were there and traveling with the team and being on the sidelines and covering this team constantly that there was no rift here and Brady retires and then he unretires and Bruce retires. You can understand why fans who aren't Buccaneer fans around the country are looking like this, looking at this, TJ, and saying it doesn't add up perfectly. Bruce is one more Super Bowl away from getting into the Hall of Fame, like Jimmy Johnson with two, Tom Flores, eventually Mike Shanahan. Not many guys step away of being head coach when they have a team favorite to win the Super Bowl again, led by Tom Brady. Yeah, it's a great point that you make. If you're, you know, if you're wanting to step away, you would step away if he's not there anymore and you're not sure of what you have. You're sure with, with the goat of what you have. I think you've got several factors. Uh, again, I'm on the outside of this. I know a little bit about what's been going on, but I'm on the outside of this. But you've got a health factor. You've got, a, you've got a coach that's not a spring chicken, like we like to say. He's battled cancer twice. He tore his Achilles trying to stay in some kind of shape last year and, and, and coached through the last – quarter of the regular season and the playoffs with a torn Achilles uh, that he's had to have uh, surgery on. So, uh, you know, obviously healthy concern, also contracted COVID-19 during the season and luckily recovered pretty quickly from that. So there's a lot, and it's much easier. It's house money if you've won the Super Bowl like he has. And he's won the coach of the year, by the way, at two other stops with the Colts and with the Cardinals. And I think there's a compelling case that he's a Hall of Fame candidate coach for just having been successful in three different places, including with the Buccaneers, but that's a different debate. So, yeah, there are a lot of factors here into why he would step aside. They clearly have been talking about this. Uh, it, the, the reporting is out there, not from me. The reporting is out there that they've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks about how it would work. Could he go into the front office? What are the NFL rules uh, about that? Uh, and, and then uh, he basically came to this decision and told Todd Bowles on Monday at some point, this is what we're doing. The Glazers want to talk to you about being the coach. And amazingly, it stayed under wraps until tonight when they were ready to release everything with the statements uh, that came out shortly after the news broke. There's a Bruce Arian statement. There's a Tom Brady statement. There's a Todd Bowles statement. So they were ready tonight. But apparently a lot of this was in motion as recently as Monday, according to the reporting I'm seeing. Buccaneers insider and sideline reporter T.J. Reeves joins us. So tell us about Todd Bowles. He didn't have a fair chance with the Jets. Most recent coaches there do not keep the job for obvious reasons. Now he gets an opportunity to coach a really good team that's going to win double-digit games by just showing up in a division that they should dominate, even though there's been some change there. What have you learned since he's come to Tampa with Bruce and the chemistry that they have and the chemistry that he'll have with the rest of the roster, including Tom Brady, the quarterback? Well, he's got the head coaching experience, obviously, and uh, they, they know that and understand that. And I think part of this is continuity of keeping Byron Leftwich in his role, somebody that Brady has been comfortable with and happy with as the offensive coordinator. And it's a great opportunity for Todd Bowles. There's no question. Uh, as, as somebody that I follow on social media, the longtime uh, writer in Tampa Bay sports media and the Pro Football Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman put on a social media tweet a little while ago, four years as the Jets head coach, Todd Bowles was dealing with the following starting quarterbacks, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Geno Smith, Bryce Petty, Josh McCown, and Sam Darnold. All of that combined doesn't add up to a season with Tom Brady. So it will be a little bit different. And uh, it's, it's one of those 
you, you go manage the overall team. You manage the tough decisions. What happens if players are in trouble? Who do you bench or not? Who do you cut or not? Uh, do you go for it on fourth down? These are the decisions the head coach has to make. Do I take time out here or not? Uh, meanwhile, Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady will be at the controls of the offense here for this team. And, that, and now the Buccaneers uh, are renewed with everything that they're looking forward to, uh, to doing. So uh, it's, it's been a very tumultuous last few weeks because the euphoria of Brady coming back now is met with this kind of bizarre news that suddenly on March the 29th, uh, that, that Bruce Arians is not the coach anymore. Or March, excuse me, March right the 30th, that, uh, that Bruce Arians is not the coach anymore uh, and that Todd Bowles is now the coach. So strange, yes, over the last few weeks for sure, JT. Yeah, and one other follow-up with that. I thought the Jaguars and Shad Khan made an enormous mistake not hiring Byron Leftwich. period. He, that's their guy yeah. from the franchise. He deserved to be a head coach. I thought he was a slam dunk to get it, and this would have been interesting. I would say if Byron Leftwich went to Jacksonville, he would have took some offensive or one or two offensive coaches with him. That's just traditionally how it works. And then Bruce might not be in this position. Is that fair to say? Where he could even yes. step aside because yes. he wouldn't have Leftwich there. Maybe that has something to do with this too. And you have great, you have great insight uh, because you've been covering this league a long time that it is, it is almost like action and reaction because you're right, I realize that I work for an NFL team and the Jaguars are an opposing team in the same state, but give me a break. I know they eventually hired Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, but Byron Leftwich was drafted by the Jaguars in the first round, was a successful playoff-winning quarterback there. He wanted the job, JT, in Jacksonville, and they couldn't figure it out, whether he wanted his own personnel guy instead of Trent Baalke, the current GM they've had. Whatever the reason, they couldn't work it out and figure it out. And I think it is a great point that you make that if he's gone to Jacksonville, how likely is Tom Brady to reverse course and come back with a new offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay? And does Bruce Arians want to relinquish if he's unsure of how the offense is going to be or if Brady's not back? So because Leftwich is still here, because Brady's back, it makes it easier for you to transition, give the job to Todd Bowles, and say, watch the Bucks go and win and win a bunch. Um, and and at, at this point in time, Bruce Arians deserves that. If he wants to do that, because, again, he's approaching 70 years old, and there comes a point in time when you say, what's the next thing in my life, including enjoying your grandchildren, enjoying the retired life, your boat, your, uh, your lake house up in Georgia, which he has. Uh, he's going to get to do a lot of that stuff now coming up. T.J. Reeves, as we wrap it up, so why I have you here, I want to get to the significance of Coach K versus North Carolina. If he loses, <laughs> he, ends his, he ends his entire run with a 500 record, which is shocking. He's never coached against them in the tournament. He would have lost back-to-back games, including his last game at Cameron Indoor, and knocked out of the Final Four. The pressure is enormous, and Coach K is downplaying it. I picked Duke to win it all before it came out because I guessed right that he would galvanize this team and get them around this big moment in his final dance to win it all. But I never expected North Carolina to be there and he didn't have to go through Gonzaga. And now he's got North Carolina handicap this game for me. Cause wow. I like the way Mannix is playing for North Carolina and Duke historically plays really close games that come down to the last possession or two. TJ, the pressure is going to be insane. I agree. And I'm looking forward to being there as part of coverage on tune in. 
Uh, and little did any of us know that when we were making arrangements, uh, we knew it was Coach K's final year, but my Lord, who could have predicted that, that standing in the way of him trying to win the national title in a Final Four game is North Carolina. I mean, you talk about incredibly tough tickets. I know the Superdome is a football stadium that's going to have 60,000-plus seats for the basketball this weekend, but every Duke and Carolina longtime fan is trying to find their way to New Orleans to be part of this because it is all-time history no matter what happens. Either Coach K wins and he's in the national title game and they have the last laugh on Carolina for him, after, as you mentioned, Hubert Davis beat them uh, with his North Carolina team at Cameron Indoor Stadium, or it's it's an all-timer uh, forever that Hubert Davis and Carolina not coach K out in his final game, having already beaten them in his final home game. Now you knock him out of his final game as the arch rival. That That is going to be some backdrop, and I cannot wait to get there and be part of it, and I'm happy to report back to Mr. Brick from the Big Easy as all this is going down. I still like Duke as well, but this is going to be some scene Saturday night. It's always something. It's always something in sports. We're lucky to be in this industry, sports radio, sports media, because there's breaking news, multiple stories Mm. every day and every night. Happy you could uh, make some time for this on the Buccaneers breaking news. Thanks, my friend. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I'm happy to report that uh, Aaron Judge looked pretty good, smashed one (laughs) and hit a home run, smashed one. Aroldis Chapman pitched one inning of relief. I'm just giving you your Yankee update from in person while I was minding my business before the breaking news. I'm happy to help anytime you need me, Mr. Brick. T.J. Reeves. So that's guys really connected with Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, sideline reporter, and the interesting part of that conversation that jumps out at me here on Raider Nation Radio is the Byron Leftwich move. Byron Leftwich should have got a job with Jacksonville. Should have been the head coach. Jacksonville's a mess. Urban Meyer flamed out, and they had they, they didn't bring in Byron Leftwich. Why didn't they bring him in? Why? He, he was a great player for them. All the fans wanted him, and, and he didn't get – the interviews, and we were talking about, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory, but we've been talking about the fact of there's a lack of African-American hires when it comes to head coaches. Todd Bowles, who went on interviews, didn't get a job. Okay, you take a look at Byron Lepwich, Eric Bieniemy. So he ends up staying in Tampa, and Bruce Arians might have been pushed aside, might have been told by the Glazer family from talking to Tom Brady that Tom kind of doesn't want to come back unless we have a different strategy for him and Byron Lepwich. And TJ said it was an interesting topic because why did Lepwich stay? Why did he stay? He should have been hired. He's a really good offensive coordinator. Why would you wait another year to go after Byron Lepwich when you're going to hire a new coach and you're not going to be able to fire that new coach for another three to five years or two to four years if he doesn't do well and then you'll never get Byron Lepwich? There is so much circling around this Tampa Bay Buccaneer team. It's incredible, all because of Tom Brady. If Brady retires a Patriot, we never hear a word out of Tampa Bay. We hear a word out of him. Tom Brady doesn't go there. They don't win. They don't have a new Super Bowl. No one's talking about Bruce Arians. No one's talking about Brady today. The move of Brady to Tampa Bay is changing the modern era of the NFL. The NFL has never been this expensive this profitable, and it's got momentum because Tom Brady's still in the league. And Tom Brady's pulling the strings. And Tom Brady has tremendous power in this league. And he's got to feel pretty good about it because he earned it, correct? The guy earned it. 
It's, you know, who think, who cares what I think about? I'm just giving you some opinions on what could have happened. But Tom Brady is sitting back there now, sitting in the front row, smiling. What if we find out three months from now through a really good report from someone else who says Bruce Arians was forced out by Tom Brady? We'll go back to today, seeing Brady sitting in the front row laughing and smiling, hugging Bruce Arians and go, that was all a sham. It was all fake. Could happen. I don't, what's the chance? 10, 20%? It's not zero, everybody. I'll tell you that. Hey, coming up next hour, we'll get into the F1 announcement that was made yesterday. Golden Knights win three in a row. They get rolling. Some other Raider free agents that could be signed. And the moving lines for the Final Four coming up on Saturday, National Championship game on Monday. you've ever had a day or a week like this where you're out with COVID, you're back, you have players late on a plane, you have players going off the field shirtless in the middle of the game, and then you also win on a touchdown. Not players, not players, one player, one player. One player, player. sorry, but sorry, one player. To have the ending you had amid all that craziness, how that compares to anything you've dealt with before? Uh, Yeah, we've been in some crazy situations before, but uh, this was a very special one. Bruce Arians asked about Antonio Brown taking his shirt off that was also part of last year. That was a little chaotic. So he's out as the head coach of Tampa. Bobby Wagner has signed. Bobby Wagner has signed with the Rams, and that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Keith N. hits me up at JT the Brick. JT, where are the Rams getting all this money to sign these players? They're the legit super team of the NFL. Well, you're right, and it's one of the things I always bring up around here with the Raiders because they're really good against the cap. They figure it out. You can always find the money. All you do is you redo contracts, you restructure contracts, you layer them with signing bonuses, and you find a way to get a player to come. What's happening now with the Rams is it's super recruiting. They're in a beautiful market, palm trees, beaches. Players know they can win there, so they want to go there and they want to get a chip. They want to get a ring. Bobby Wagner's already got one. He's played in two Super Bowls. If he can win another one with the Rams... Still not going to change his legacy. He's going into the Hall of Fame no matter what. But these are the type of moves that happen when you have a super team in sports. We talk more about it in the NBA. In the NBA, the super team is the Warriors with Steph, Clay, Draymond Green, and Durant. Then Durant went to Brooklyn to start his own super team with Harden and Kyrie, Harden Bales. And you look around the league in the NBA, and LeBron, one of the most miserable failures I've ever seen, as an architect of trying to build the super team, was LeBron this year. As he brought in Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. Anthony Davis is always hurt. It is tough to build the super team, and the problem is if you don't win multiple championships as a super team, eventually you've got to break it up, and you've got to pay the piper for all the money you spent and the money coming due. And in the NFL, that's what's going to happen to the Rams. But you've got to give the Rams credit in that market with a brand-new stadium and that revenue stream of going all in. And because the Raiders' revenue stream is going up and up, great job by everybody in the Raider organization, everybody on both sides of the building, for the revenue stream going up. The Raiders are in the market to get multiple big names to sign because they have the money to do it and hopefully manage it well. Final hour coming up next, F1, Golden Knights, Raiders, and Final Four. Final Four. 